Hey there, everyone. This is James with BerryFlow.com. I'm here with the gang on BerryFlow Upstream number 24. Here with Alex, Brandon, Darius, and Runnell. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. What's up? So, uh, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just yeah, relaxing. It's nice Sunday. Yeah. It's been a pretty chill Sunday. Like I woke up around twelve and just kind of stumbling on throughout the day from here on. It's just, it's a kind of a light week overall. We don't have too much to cover. We tossed out some topic ideas to our Very Flow BBM channel. We got some feedback there for some topic points. So uh, let's get started. Let's talk about the appointment of Carrier Sales uh, Senior Vice President. Overall, kind of a small uh, news announcement. But carrier sales is definitely something we need to see. I mean, especially stateside. I really don't know what the carrier sales uh, portfolio kind of platform underneath right now for the U.S. is. What do you guys think about an appointment such as that? Um, I mean, it's stateside. Uh, it, it's <laughs> it's always like the topic of discussion when it comes to BlackBerry because, of, of course, because of you know the market share you know situation, but um. When you when you when you have the exclusive devices, well, the, the the latest devices out there from BlackBerry, and they're not available on all the carriers because you have the BlackBerry consumers or loyalists that are kind of spread amongst them, um, and when they can't get their hands on one specific device because they carry only because um, because they carry only carries this specific device, and you know I'm on AT&T, I want a Z30, but I don't have a Ryzen. Or I want a Z10 and I'm on uh, Sprint, so I can't get it because I can only get the Q10. It kind of sucks, um, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with when you know BlackBerry kind of tries to sell these devices to the carriers. They look at their numbers and they say, you know, which of our you know consumers has these devices and which ones really want them. And I think it comes down to a lot of that. And and at some point, one, we know BlackBerry's focus isn't even there, so. With them trying to even sell these devices to carriers, it's not even going to be that much of a fight, so to speak. I mean, of course, they would love for them to carry all their devices, but at the end of the day, they don't really try. They pick and choose which battles they want to try to fight, and that's not really one of them. So I, I know a lot of people are upset because there are a lot of uh, you know Verizon you know customers who are BlackBerry loyalists and they want the passport, but unfortunately, they aren't able to use it, and. It's not really any light of day, especially when you're hearing like the classic and you know the pre-orders only for GSM devices. It really kind of sucks. So it it really sways your consumers from one end to the other. But at the same time, I, I mean, me personally, I feel with the classic, it should be available on all, all carriers because it's that transitioning device, and you have those legacy users on all carriers. So you want to bring them over to the new platform. So how better to do that than having the you know, classic released on all those uh, carrier platforms in order to you know make that transition for them. But you know, it's an iffy, it's an iffy subject, iffy subject. I kind of feel as if you know, if they can have the GSM side covered on Shop BlackBerry through Digital River and Amazon, and they go with a carrier exclusive on CDMA to bring that into carrier stores. It would do well, I think, for maybe Verizon, even Sprint. I mean, Sprint's been MIA. I think the only BlackBerry 10 device they've launched is the Q10. Right. So, so if they were maybe to upgrade to a classic, get the Z30 people who are maybe looking at a new device with a different input experience to jump to a classic, it might be a valuable proposition. A lot of people wonder kind of what happened with Verizon. Like, why aren't they supporting the Passport? I think with a device like the Passport, it is rather polarizing. I think you bring that to Verizon, they're like, I really just don't know how many of this we're going to be able to sell, even in store. Right. It's just it's such a small scratch compared to the big business they're doing with a lot of the other uh, platforms out there. Okay. So with yeah. a carrier exclusive, it seems that they're buying all that product ahead of time. They own that product. It's not. It doesn't count as sell-through. It's really just the carrier's ability to make back what they've invested in it, so to speak. So it's an interesting sales strategy going for exclusives such as that. I'd like to see definitely Verizon or some carrier yeah. come out with a device here stateside. It may not be an official thing where it's actually available in store, but I think it would be positive at least for one carrier to come on board so people have a direction to go. I know there's a lot of people on Verizon right. rocking BlackBerry 10 devices. And I think with the initial launch of BlackBerry 10, it kind of scared carriers you know, kind of after that fact because it, it, it wasn't off to the launch that... I don't even think BlackBerry expected it to be, and as well as the carriers. I think the carriers expected it 
to be a, a little something different, a bit more successful. But you know, I've always said that a, a huge you know part of that um, success not really being there is because there weren't many options from the jump, and it didn't happen when it should have happened initially. You know, when we say when you, I feel like when you launch something and you announce something, it has to happen pretty much immediately. You can't wait months because people don't care months later. They care now, especially in today's world. Like it doesn't matter what it is, you know. If you tell me something about it now, I want it soon. <laughs> and they got the passport. You know, they got the passport launch right. You know, they finally got something right, and that's why you've seen the success of the device. Now, let's say BlackBerry 10 launched in, uh, you know, uh, January of 2013. If it had launched February 1st, then it would have been okay, but it didn't. We didn't see it what, until March, April time frame-ish. So a couple months later, after the fact, people are kind of like, ah, the big buzz is over, whatever. You know, we've seen what you guys are doing, but only the real loyalists, you know, are the ones who truly care about it. So I think that's a, it's a lot of things that play into it. And it, and it sucks, but, you know, you live and you learn, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just an interesting point for them. Chen seems to be pulling in a lot of the faithful from his SAP Sybase transition. Uh, obviously, the sale there for billions of dollars over to SAP of Sybase. He's pulling in a lot of the mobile 365 guys. So a lot of those that have kind of an understanding on the software side of the enterprise game they're about to try to play. I mean, when we look at their revenues and how they're trying to expand, it really seems that the predominant moving force going forward is going to be services. Uh, devices obviously allow them to offer that end-to-end solution for users, but really the, the money that they're going to be bringing in is with things like BBM and obviously some of the service things that they've got attached to Bez. So when we look forward, do you guys think that Torsten Hines, the previous CEO, kind of laid a bedrock foundation for all of this? Uh, Hines has just come out... Uh, in an interview saying that he was working with PowerMat as their new CEO to kind of get the startup off the ground. It's like a QI wireless type uh, alternative. What do you guys think of the transition and what do you guys think of Heinz? Supposedly the Passport was one of the last devices him and his teams designed and Chen brought to market. So do you guys think that has an impact on BlackBerry's strategy going forward or do you think they're going to kind of bring that all together? It's hard to say. Um, like Heinz, Heinz time was a lot different to how it is now. I think he had a strategy and they had their their end goal and, and they weren't able to meet it, so they had to switch strategy. So it's kind of hard to compare and say, oh, they're finishing off his time. I think a lot of things changed in the, in the near future. Sorry, not the near future, but um, in the past couple months, and Chen has turned it around, and that's based on the whole strategy change from when Heinz left to when he took over, right? So it's hard to say. I don't think so, though. I think he's 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 on to new things and hopefully he does good with PowerMat. I mean, I don't know how big PowerMat is right now in the States or in Canada. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to speak on this a bit. Let's, let's remember when Thorsten Heinz came on to be the CEO of BlackBerry. He was kind of put in at a really rough time where, you know, he, he was his hands were kind of tied. He had to release BlackBerry 10 it, as quick as possible just because the marketplace it had already been delayed and he needed to get something out the doors so that the investors and everybody kind of had some confidence in the company. So in reality, his hands were kind of tied with what he could really do. And now what we're seeing now is a lot of the foundation that he was able to set up post-launch and I think he gets a bad rap for a lot of stuff that his predecessors had laid the foundation for, and he just kind of had to go through the motions and kind of focus on the future, but at the same time be very much in the now or in the present at that time and release BlackBerry 10 with the Z10 and the Q10. And I think he just gets a bad rap for that. And I think a lot of the stuff we're seeing now, for instance, the Passport, is a great device that, you know, has gotten people talking about BlackBerry, which they hadn't been talking about in a long time. But lots of people are kind of like, oh, have you seen the Passport? It's got a cool new form factor and all this stuff. And I think, you know, maybe he just got a bad rap for the abysmal BlackBerry 10 launch that we can all acknowledge might wasn't wasn't the best launch, product launch, um, given the, the cards he was dealt. Yeah. As- 
as you mentioned, it was a kind of a rush deal. Most platforms, when you're building them from the ground up, take upward of five years. I mean, yeah. they sl they slam that thing together. If you count playbook, like three years. So it's it, it was half baked when it went out. I mean, they had to acknowledge that fact themselves. And I think as part of his failed strategy, kind of rolling that out, it's like I can't spend hundreds of thousands of you know millions of dollars on marketing something that's half baked, even if it gets and me. By, yeah, sir. And by the way, let's not forget, Thorson was the one who who did the first steps to getting BBM out there cross-platform. And we all see how much potential there is now for BBM and how much it's expanded uh, since last October, right? Not this past October, the October, the previous October, right? And I mean, he was the CEO at the time that kind of got that emotion to go. So I mean, there's a lot of things that you know didn't go well, but once again, that's one aspect that I think I forgot about and all of us forget about is BBM. That was kind of something he specifically really brought out. Absolutely, and supposedly that was something that uh, Bolpin, Frank, the CMO, was actually begging for. He's mm -hmm. like, you're not, I, you're, I have no budget here to really do anything as per actually making these campaigns, aside from keep moving projects and all of those, which obviously were an investment of, of trying to get, you know, gauge and grasp that consumer interest. Volpin was trying to leverage BBM as some way to advertise BlackBerry across devices. And again, that's kind of why they took on the BB10 UI styling. We look now We look now at that, we look at the current enterprise strategy, and that maybe isn't the best move for them to have done. It's just interesting, as we mentioned, a lot of the groundwork for what we are seeing come to market now was laid in by the teams that Torsten Hines was leading. Chen's obviously taken some of those teams, streamlined the whole organization, and now they're focusing on a lot of those derivatives. Torsten Hines was the CEO who said tablets are going to be dead within five years, and mobile computing is going to be at the forefront of what we do with our cellular devices. And as we see, more, when more devices come out, we see Samsung Flow, we see uh, Apple's continuity, we see BlackBerry Blend. We do see kind of this mobile computing where the phone is doing most of the legwork for you. So I, I think he was on to something. He may not have been the executioner that we needed to kind of go and get this done, but I do have to appreciate, and I think he appreciates the time that he put in the last two years, really bringing this platform out of kind of the stone age for which it was stuck. Mm -hmm. I, I like the guy, and I wish him obviously the best of luck with Power Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys happen to see no. any... The, yeah, well, was that Brandon? The only thing I will say about Thorsten Hines is that he was a great guy and everything, but I do think maybe his showmanship, his, his public speaking on the stage, he didn't really have that going forward. And I think John Chen, the, the contrast we see with John Chen is that he's a very personable guy, and when he's on the stage talking, he's someone that, that makes you like him. Whereas Thorsten Hines, he was a very smart guy, and he did a lot of things behind um, background, but, you know, he didn't... He didn't leverage the people that he had, like a Jeffrey Gadway, to go come on stage and start talking about lots of things, which I think uh, John Chen is just better overall at conveying the message compared to Thorsten Hines. And I think it's just a difference in, in their strategies and how they yeah. deal with things. He's also very quick on his feet. I mean, the fact that he, sh he throws jokes in there, it sounds like just like a, a little thing, but really the fact that he can hold himself on stage, he, I, I haven't seen him nervous at all. Um, no. He can throw out jokes and... You know, even if he says a joke and no one laughs, he'll call himself out on it. Like, he, I don't know, the guy has no fear because he's been doing this all his life, it seems. So yeah. it's just the way that he holds himself makes it easier to believe in BlackBerry and believe that he's doing a good job. So, I mean, really, that's not a problem with Torsten at all. It's just, it's. I'm sure it's tough to find a CEO like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's super, he seems like he's super, super down to earth. Where, whereas Heinz was obviously saying a script a lot of the times he was speaking. Yeah. You know, obviously Chen still has a script that he, he's kind of laid out, but he's so much more honest and genuine with it, I feel. And that's really what I think investors and, and users alike kind of see with him. He's going to give you what you want. He's going to tease the device for you. He's going to let you take the photos of it. Even when the event is, you know, totally focused on a different side of of spectrum and of what BlackBerry is doing, smart guy. I'm really excited to see kind of where he goes in the longevity of BlackBerry, kind of going out. Is this going to be a CEO for the next 10 years of BlackBerry, or are we going to see him move maybe to a director type of position, for which he was originally hired by Prem Watsa? What do you guys think? What do you guys see Chen in a couple years from now? Not the CEO. Probably that's for sure. 
he's he's probably gonna take his paycheck and go relax somewhere because it'd be probably one of the biggest turnarounds in like history if you think about it. A lot of people like BlackBerry's been written down so many times. It's not even funny. So to see the company how it is right now, it, it already is a turnaround. So I think when he's done, he's gonna pass it off to somebody who's smarter or as smart as him, and someone who will bring the company into a different direction again to make sure that they're they're set for the future and have everything all in order. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think he's going to just go and retire, though, or anything. Like, people like him, like, he's already set for life. He's, I'm sure, you know, just turning around SAP and everything, he's so set for life. But people who, like him, and, like, entrepreneurs, like, I consider CEOs of companies entrepreneurs, they can't just shut the switch off and go and relax on an island. He's going to constantly be working one way or another. He yeah. might just be on the board, eventually, of BlackBerry, and he might be trying another you know, uh, turn around for another company. Like, I, I don't I don't ever really see him getting out of the game. I think he's going to be one of the people that will be on his deathbed still thinking about, you know, companies and, like, what he can do to help them and everything. Yeah, and you know what? That's definitely why he's probably, you know, currently being so successful with the job is because he doesn't really need, he doesn't really need to be the CEO of BlackBerry, um, you know, to move on in his life, right? He's just he's doing it because it's a challenge that that thoroughly that he thoroughly, you know, kinda he really wants to do and it interests him to to be able to to pull the company back from where it is, uh, make it go forward and, and have a positive impact on the company. I think that's that's what it is. It's not he's not just like stepping on, you know, thin ice or anything. It's just kinda making his own path for the company. Yeah, I think he'll always have like an advising position, regardless of what his, you know, true position in the company is. Regardless after the fact, you know, he's just he has, you know, he's so savvy in terms of, you know, from a business perspective, in his intelligence, man, it's just is is very remarkable. You know, he's a guy that really knows numbers. He not he not only knows numbers, but he understands trends and he understands what it really takes to make money you know from whatever uh your your you know prerogative is so if my prerogative is to sell lemons then he's going to tell you how to sell lemons the best way and in terms of his intelligence he does his research he looks he, he you know he, he looks in, on the back ends of other businesses and how you know they succeeded in their success stories so he he's one guy. He's not one dimensional at all. Like that's it's one thing about Chen that I really like about him and admire about him is that he respects the entire you know playing field, regardless of what he says. You know he can throw little cheap shots and jabs and things of that nature, cool. Because you know of course you want to rep your home team, so to speak, and you'll throw jabs at the competition. But at the same time, he respects everyone and he understands like you have to because it's it's not a fair playing field in the business world. Clearly, but you know beyond the fact that he puts faith in what he truly believes in, and he's he's blatantly honest. You know, he will let you know when his chips are down that they're down. You know that you know yeah we're looking better than we are now, but you know we're gonna lose more money in the near future. So you know pretty much expect it. Don't don't be surprised. Don't be butthurt when it happens. So that's one thing you can have about him. But I think he will always remain as an advisor um, for you know BlackBerry, and I hope that he does. You know to keep that focus there, so that they don't get off focus and you know lose their roots once again, trying to chase the consumer and chase dollars in another you know perspective that they're not at. That's just not what they truly want at the end of the day. And, and you know you're exactly right, Darius. They don't want to just be chasing these flippant dollars. Right. So it's it's just interesting that now we have a BlackBerry that's chasing very like specific dollars. You know, we've got a device built for this value segment. We know one for this value segment. With a device like the Classic, have any of you guys seen any of those video teasers that Donnie's put out on Inside the BlackBerry blog? We saw we saw keyboard shortcuts with 10.3.1. You can set keys to do launch different apps. Really cool stuff. You can long press C and it'll actually shoot up a compose uh, window. It's just some cool stuff overall. I'm I want to try to show it off here. We'll uh, leave the app. We'll leave the application. You're at the active frame screen. You can just long press C. 
when you let go, it'll automatically pull in a card, and this is the composed card, so you can automatically go over oh. to, to an option. We'll head back to the home screen, and I'm going to hold down N, and you'll see it'll auto-long press and bring up a BBM. You can do this with a couple different applications built within the OS, and on Classic, it's even better because you can set speed dial codes with the Alt key, so you can do, like, Alt-7 automatically launches something. So you've got even more and more you can do. seems like a pretty cool device, and again, as Darius had mentioned, when going toward that specific demographic where the money is, they're building something like the Classic that is a throwback to two years or three years ago's device, you know? Just interesting that they're still kind of targeting that segment. What do you think really makes the BlackBerry Classic a need right now for BlackBerry to even be bringing to the market? Transition. Transitioning those legacy users. That's its sole purpose. <laughs> if you ask me, like, what else is the purpose of a classic? You bring back a device that mimics the bold up and down and just runs BlackBerry 10, you know, software. What else is the other purpose of it? It's only to transition, you know, those users. There's no other bigger purpose. It's not, um, I mean, it's like, it doesn't have a purpose like the Passport to work wide. That's not its case. You know, it wasn't um, to jumpstart things like the Z10 or the Q10 and just introduce the platform in the OS. It, it doesn't have a purpose but to transition those legacy users. So other than that, I mean, is it going to make money? Of course, it's gonna make money in the enterprise, you know, uh, you know, spectrum. Like that's that's the core ideal of where they need to sell it to. Is it for consumers? No, but is it gonna to sell to consumers? Yes, because it's pretty budget friendly as well. It's not like the low end budget, but it's middle. It's not you know too expensive where people are like, eh, uh, you know, I gotta kind of save my chips for it. It's something that's very affordable, um, has great use, you know, um, specs wise, it's nothing that is truly outdated it's in terms of the OS it complements the OS you know Z10 is in the Q10 those are still great devices its software is still great because it complements the OS so well the OS doesn't it isn't heavy you know heavily spec driven so to speak so in in terms of its optimization especially with 10.3.1 you're getting everything that you really need in the device you're getting a quarterly you know keyboard you're getting a, a tool belt that's gonna allow you to uh, your your productivity within the software to be that much smoother and that much faster. But not only that, you're getting a touchscreen um, and, and and a gesture, you know, interface as well um, with the device. So, but at the end of the day, it's just truly for transitioning those legacy users. That's really its only sole purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think a few people are thrown off a bit by the pricing of the classic. Like, obviously, this this is for you know primarily enterprise and to switch people over. So the pricing isn't ridiculous by any means. But you need to keep in mind too that say the classic never existed or like another touchscreen black or um trackpad Blackberry never existed, they would have never had to put the development costs into the OS to optimize it for that. Think about how long we've known that a classic is going to come out and how long it's taken for us to even see the OS in action with it. Like there's a lot of time that development that goes into the OS to make it all of a sudden go from an all-touch platform, all of a sudden go and work with the trackpad. Like there's so much cost into that. They need to also charge more for the BlackBerry Classic in order to make up for some of the development costs for it to be worthwhile. So they couldn't just go and throw it out the door at you know three hundred dollars. Um, and I think that's partially you know part of the reason for the cost as well. Yeah. Well, the classic is probably it's going to be a statement device. I mean, it's it's not just for enterprise. It's not just for those legacy users. It's it's a statement device. And somebody's going to take out a classic and be able to do almost everything that they used to do with their old bold, but they get to have Instagram. They got to they got all their Android apps and all that stuff, and it's on a device that looks like a bold, right? It's it's a huge statement, right? And people are going to be looking at people with classics and be like, wow, that's awesome, that's that's sweet. I remember when, like, I hear that so many times when I'm out there. I remember when I had my bold or my my uh, BlackBerry Curve, and and then I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that, and then I switched. A lot of people are going to be looking at it now and be like, wow, so BlackBerry is back. You know what I mean? That's, it's, that's, it's that same input experience they loved, and now you can run like all the Android apps you may need. <laughs> exactly. 
And it's like, is that the only value proposition there is for BlackBerry 10? Enhanced multitasking and productivity and Android apps? Like, where do you guys find the value for this is really going to come? I think really it comes down to the security aspect, aside a lot of us don't take advantage of or don't really make use of. But really, when you attach it to a Bez, that's where the value is. So for really for the enterprise customers, as Ronell said, it is going to be a, be a throwback not only for the consumers but the enterprise users as well who were so used and, to, used to and productive on that legacy bold experience. So I absolutely agree, Ronell. Yeah. I think part of the benefit too is that it's a newer platform. Like I think we've talked about it before that it's, it's a microkernel and then like iOS is getting so old at this point point in time which they're still they're they're just you know they're grinding at it and it's a good operating system the thing is they've been able to optimize it to not need that much RAM and everything but I'm sure there will become a point you know five ten years down the line where they might have to go and redevelop their OS from the ground up and maybe build security in it like there might you know ten years in the future now like security might be a humongous thing where I, like we can't even fathom right now but there becomes a point in time where these top developer, these people who are on top right now, like uh, Apple and Android, they might have to go from the ground up and rebuild it, and then that's where BlackBerry has the advantage because they've already done this and they've gone through all the crap, you know, where people are saying, "Well, this isn't working, this isn't working," because it's such a new OS. But you know, they've gone through the hurdles and they're getting to the point where they're finally at the same level of the competition. That's definitely a big plus for them. Mm -hmm. Knocking down the hurdles is an absolute must. I mean, we need to get feature parity with a, like the basic offerings of all the other platforms, or else we can't call ourselves competitive. So I, I absolutely you, agree with that. You also have to exceed that as well. You have to exceed absolutely. expectations as well. I mean, like the reason the iPhone 4, and I say the iPhone 4 because that was a pinnacle year where the iPhone, you know, really a lot of people started noticing it is because they brought in a whole bunch of new things that people weren't expecting, and it was new things. It wasn't just the old things that BlackBerry or, or Android had already. And so BlackBerry right now, they're, they're getting pretty close to that parity in terms of the OS, but they also have to expand on that. So when I say expand, I'm looking towards Blend, you know, BlackBerry Protect, different features with BBM as well that they need to expand on and, and exceed. They can't just, you can't just catch up. That's not good enough nowadays. Yeah, yeah. and just to tag on that, I mean, that $1.3 billion, which they're using for R&D, I mean, I mean, we know, we probably heard of a couple of things that they might be working on or what they could be yeah. working on with IoT, but you never know what might come out next for consumers, you know. They might have something to surprise us all next year yeah. when it comes March or April, so I definitely think we have to look out for that, for sure. New things to come. Always, they they are they as as Torsten Hines would say they they keep moving. <laughs> it, it, it was such a stodgy tagline, but I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Work wide for passport is definitely a, a killer campaign name. What do you yeah. guys think of 10.3.1? I was just showing it off a little bit earlier. The SDK went gold, so there's a developer OS available and the new SDK for actually building your and compiling your applications. Mm -hmm. uh, I doubt any of our developers here have uh, actually gone ahead and, and actually used it. What's your, what's your take on that? You guys really want to have the device in market before you start kind of fiddling, right? Yeah. Well, no, like, I, I just didn't download the SDK just because I haven't had a chance to. I've been, I've been working some pretty long hours, so I haven't had a chance to actually get my developer device and just download it and play around with it. Um, overall, like I've been testing um, on leak on 10.3.1 leaks anyways on some other devices I have. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't imagine it being too different. Um, and maybe that's just why there isn't as much of an urgency for me to download it. Right, and we're yeah. using 10.3.1 on devices that are not necessarily optimized exactly. for, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty much the thing where I really think this Gold SDK is mainly meant for being able to utilize the Classic and the um, trackpad on it, being able to change the highlighting colors and doing that kind of stuff. And even with the Passport, I didn't really want to develop um, or try and deal with the simulator to develop it because a few of my friends, they were developing using the simulator and padding was off and they're running into all these problems and once I got a passport they were sending me their bar files to test on the actual device mm -hmm. so they, they spent so much time dealing with that so I'd rather you know get a classic in hand 
or it, it's really just tough to use a simulator, especially for a trackpad. You can just talk to, like, mirror yeah, and the thing too is a lot of stuff that gets added in. If you have an app already, it's not really like it's not really like huge, huge things that you have to do to to make it ready for the device. So it's not like you have to prepare months in advance for for a lot of the classic stuff. For 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 some for some of the physical button actions, you can probably add that in in like one sitting uh, if you don't have a too complex of an app. One sitting, a bowl of ramen, you can get it done. <laughs> so it's going gold. You guys think basically just stuff for the classic and in preparation thereof. What were some of the other things on the roadmap? I mean, was there any Android runtime improvements from 10.3 to 3.1? Because mm -hmm. at least in my use is when using Passport on 3 and then 3.1, it does seem a little bit faster. I mean, uh, I think it's interesting, interesting to see. I think Derek uh, tweeted this out that. Firefox on Passport just lights up instantly because it's built mainly with the Android NDK. So if I just launch it up here, you know, in a matter of seconds, it's up and running and, and ready to go, as opposed to some other Android apps with a lot more Chrome and stuff going on. It takes a little bit longer. So some of the optimizations I've seen are pretty cool. Within the Firefox app, actually, it's pretty interesting. They have a Firefox marketplace for their mobile web browser. So you can actually download HTML5 applications into Firefox and then launch them within the browser. So I've got like an Outlook I've got an Outlook application that is built into Firefox to allow me to look at my emails. I mean I've got them in Hub already, so I don't really need it. But it's cool at least to see some of what Firefox is doing with their you know, they've got their Firefox or Fire OS or Firefox OS that they're building out, which is totally HTML5 based. So pretty cool. All that stuff seems ready to go here on uh, BlackBerry 10.3.1. I do miss Flash in the browser, surprisingly. Yeah. A yeah. couple, like two or three straggler websites I go to still are using Flash as their default medium of video. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, viewing I, mean, stuff. I, I think it's still honestly a little too early for BlackBerry to take it away, but I mean, you, you understand why, clearly, but you know, I mean, it's just, I think it's, I don't really think there should be an OS. I think there should really be, like, a date. And uh, at that point is when the OS can be issued, you know, stating on this date, 2015. Mm -hmm. Like, operating systems will not, you know, support Flash anymore. And immediately on that date, won't be issued an OS. Cool. But, um... And it's and it's like they're taking it away early, Darius. Right. Yeah, we're, not, we're not supposed to have this OS until next year right. you know, or right. late, mm -hmm. late December. So they haven't taken away anything yet. True. No, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I just think with it shouldn't stop with ten. I mean, with three dot one. I think it should continue. Um, at least to just you know support. Like why not support it? You know what I mean? It, it, especially when you do have you know a lot of uh, sites out there that still use it I mean a lot of them are going to the HTML5 format but you know flash still exists <laughs> it, it still but, does and it's gonna be relevant at least for another two two years two to three I would say you know but uh, have, have they officially announced that flash support is done I know that they've done air like Adobe air support is done no and Adobe yeah, nothing yeah. official, but nothing like, official. Yeah, I guess I've never, we, like, I haven't heard Flash. Yeah, yes. forward looking yeah. up, just from all the leaks and everything, we've been able to see that Flash is not in there, and it's frustrating. But yeah. you know, on, it, it kind of makes sense because if they're dropping Adobe Air, mm -hmm. chances are they'd be dropping Adobe Flash because I'm assuming it's a licensing thing. Like they're mm -hmm. they're probably paying something to get it. Right. And but it's kind of like Flash is built into like every web browser, like um, like computer uh, wise. So I don't know if Flash, if you have to like license Flash, or if that's just like a thing, but it might be coming back into a browser, into the browser. I guess. I mean, it, it could be with 3.1. You know, I mean, it's just the leaks that have been out there. It's not included, but it could be because it's there, but it's not there. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like <laughs> it says it shows Flash, but it doesn't give you a version or anything of that nature. So it's not necessarily saying that, you know, because if it wasn't there at all, then it would say nothing about Flash. You wouldn't even find any reminiscence of Flash within mm -hmm. the OS and within the change mm -hmm. laws and things of that nature. But you you see it, it's just not available within these leaks that have been coming out. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I honestly, it, I, I'm sure it'll possibly still be available with 3.1. Moral, um, of, moral mm -hmm. of the story, yeah. 
don't judge a leak by its cover. Right, right, exactly. And that's the thing about leaks. You know, people get so pressed on these leaks. And me personally, don't get me wrong, I'm I wanna use three dot one, but I'm not I'm not like rushing to it when as soon as it comes out, I don't care. Like I'm very content with ten dot three. I really am. I mean it's just one one thing about it is for those who rush have, to leaks, one thing about it, you have a passport. Yeah, you know? that's exactly what I was gonna get to. The, <laughs> those who rush to leaks are older device users, so they want to like it gives that refresh to your device. So if you have a passport, you're like, I really could care less about anything leaking right now, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that yeah. in you know that type of content. <laughs> content. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like you, you're you're fine with that device, even if you have a Z30. Like if you have 10.3, you'll be okay with just 10.3. You don't really need 3.1. But once it comes official, you know, the optimizations and everything will be there. I know me personally, using uh, a passport on AT&T's network, um, I'm really truly waiting for the official, you know, OSs to come out. Why? Because I need that optimization for AT&T's network. The radios just suck. I mean, I get LTE, I do, but it's too much of going back and forth between 4G and LTE. Even when I make a phone call, you know, it, it goes right to 4G, but it takes a while for it to come back into LTE. And so a lot of times I find myself, you know, pulling down the quick settings menu, turning my radio off, and then turning it back on to catch it. And it, it really does suck, but, I mean, you have to wait for those official, you know, OSs to come through because that's the reason why these... Uh, Carriers do the testing for it. They want to make sure that it, it's right, and not necessarily they take forever, and it still gets right. But <laughs> it's going to be the best thing that you need for their device specifically on that network. So, yeah, AT and T will wait six months, and then the OS will oh, still yeah. suck. Still, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. It's pretty awful. But I digress. SDK Gold developers, go get it. Get your apps ready for Classic, because it's going to sell like hotcakes. You know what else is going to sell like hotcakes? Red and white passports. Who's getting one? I'm getting one of each. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not. I don't sell drugs, so I cannot have a white passport. <laughs> um, no, it's a, I, I think Jay Marvin in our group will get a white passport. So. <laughs> he's, got his, he's got a white Z30 right now. Um, it, it's interesting, the, the pricing. Right now, Passport US, $4.99 on the Black Friday deal. Supposedly, white will become available sometime in December for around six ninety nine. Chen had mentioned at the last Enterprise event that they intended to have the red passport device in limited availability on Black Friday for a price of six ninety nine as well. Uh, Two hundred dollar price hike there. How do you guys feel about it? Does it deter you from wanting to get one? Yes. What deters me from not having it? You can't get it on Verizon. That's number one deterring me. <laughs> that's that's Verizon deterring you, bro. Yeah. Totally, totally them. <laughs> and I get it. They want an official IMEI on their thing. But at the same point, it's like, I wish BlackBerry was able to, to put a device out there that was cross-carrier and, and no one had a problem with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, it's just, you know, paying an additional almost two hundred dollars for just the color is pretty stupid. Now, you know, in terms of that Black Friday, uh, you know, sales and you know what they have it is pretty remarkable. Like that's you have to get on top of that if you're you know been wanting like a new device. Like you have to really take advantage of that Black Friday sale and. You don't see any other, you know, uh, OEMs out there that are doing anything of that nature, like, at all. I mean, you have, you know, Best Buy that'll do these things on contract, you know, like, you get the S5 for, you know, like a penny or something like that, you know, to your contract. But, I mean, they're flat out selling these devices that are fairly new <laughs> at a very discounted price. And even if you, like, for myself, like, I have a passport, but 225 for a Z30, you really cannot beat that, like. It really is tempting to get one, just to say I have a Z30 and why? Because I got a brand new Z30 at 225. So, what they're doing, the pricing is, <laughs> it's 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 up and down. It's bittersweet with BlackBerry, but they're doing a lot of special things. And then you know, with the red and white uh, pricing, is kind of crazy. But mm-hmm. I guess they'll see it on the back end. Yeah. I mean, they're doing limited quantity too. So I mean. 
How's that? They've got three billion cash. Like, come on. It doesn't matter how that's many they sell. As long it's as like they sell. anything. It's like that's anything. I mean, like, you have video games where it's like the exact same video yeah. game, but it's a limited edition version, so they tag on an extra, you know, $40 to the price, and then it comes with, like, a little figurine. It's not <laughs> catered towards the regular people. It's catered towards, like, uh, the aficionados, like, the people who stood in line the first day to get the passport, those people are going to be the ones who are going to sell their existing passport and get the limited edition one. Everyone with a Crackberry.com account, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to really attract new people to get a passport. I just think it's going to leverage their existing user base to kind of shell out some more money. And kind all, of all it does is make, make me want to sell mine and get that one, you know? Exactly. <laughs> It's like this is a this is a vicious cycle, BlackBerry. You need to stop. I would like if it's an LE, maybe bump the storage. Give me default 64, and then I'll pay 200. 100 for vanity, 100 for the extra storage that I could honestly get for like 30 bucks. But whatever, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No, I'm I'm excited about them. I want to see what the pricing is like. Is it going to be available Amazon exclusively or Shop BlackBerry as well? And if in the U.S. it's available on Shop BlackBerry. Can I use the PayPal flex pricing to pay for it across time? That'd be just interesting to see. I might hop on it if that's the case. So we did talk about that Black Friday deal as well. Um, you, let's talk. We'll, we'll close with the Rio rumors. Uh, let's talk about Obama and his BlackBerry. I think it's really important that we talk about this, not because Obama is super important, but Obama, the British Chancellor, Angela Merkel, all these top government officials that are running their countries are doing so with a, a mobile device called a BlackBerry. And I think it's a valuable asset that BlackBerry has that, again, we're, we are the tip of the pyramid while everyone else is below us supporting the general consumer. It's like we are, we're at the top tier securing and mobilizing the best of the best. It was almost like it could have been a commercial though, like if you watched it because he kind of, you know, he runs back and he grabs it and, you know, they asked, one of the reporters asked what he forgot. And I feel like anyone would have just said, oh, I forgot my phone. Because I would have said, oh, I forgot my phone. Like, if my, if my buddy's, like, pulls off, I jump the, the car, I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot my phone. That's what I'd say. But Obama goes, oh, I forgot my BlackBerry, and holds it up. And it's like, oh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. How dope would it be if he was holding the Rio? <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Blackberry leaks, <laughs> Obama edition. I would have been dope if he was on like a classical or passport. I would right. Been... If he was rocking some like a classic would have been dope. Like unannounced, he's got that shit early. Yeah, awesome. yeah I think it's a legacy yeah. device, but it's like heavily modified too. Like yeah. I think it's like a curve. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's. It's uh, a bullet. Nine hundred. Isn't it? I don't is think so. I think it's people were saying it was a curve. I heard it was an older one, like a eighty nine hundred, like yeah. old, older, older device. But either way, yeah, they did modify it heavily. They took out microphones and all, and took out the camera, and obviously, and did a lot so of. So the phone cannot be used as a phone. <laughs> it's strictly a secure email device for the president. Actually, you know something interesting. I was on Reddit, and someone um, on the BlackBerry uh, subreddit, someone was asking. They're like, "Are any of the new BlackBerry ten devices?" Um, are there any of the models without a camera? Because my company requires me to have a phone without a camera for security reasons. And that brought up like an interesting um, kind of topic in my head. It was like, well, like BlackBerry is the most secure, but at the same time, there are still a lot of companies that require their personnel to have devices that don't have a camera specifically. And, I'm and, wondering... and, and Brandon, that you bring that up is so important because if you have an iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, soon Windows phone, and it's on Bez, the IT admin can just be like, nope. Yeah, yeah disable yeah, the camera. Yeah. 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 So there, there is absolutely a value proposition for it. Because mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. you can see with like the, uh, like if you go on, you know, the carrier websites, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, so have you, they still, you know, uh, they they have those older legacy devices and it's like, you know, the BlackBerry Bowl with camera or without camera and, I remember seeing that back in the day, but like, who the hell would want to get the phone without a camera? But, you know, it's for those purposes. But, you know, as, as you mentioned, um, James, with Bez 12, you know, you have the ability to disable the, the camera. So, I mean, I, I hope that's one thing that he could bring up to his job. Like, maybe you guys need to change the, you know, software you guys are using because BYOD is what's it right now. And uh, one is because companies don't want to spend 
the money on buying devices for the employers. So two, you're not going to stop your employees from buying devices without cameras. You might want to make sure that you have a secure, uh, you know, network system or infrastructure like Best 12 or something of that nature that is running, you know, your company's uh, well-being <laughs> and and have those features that are going to be able to do such. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. I think a lot of companies nowadays are really still stuck in the past, which is crazy. But you see why there's still a lot of. Uh, it's a prime example is why is there still a lot of BlackBerry legacy users because they're so they're still stuck there when it comes to the enterprise spectrum. They don't want to change that, you know, because it's worked for them so long. And so now that there's this new software and technology out there, they're like, you know, pavement to it. You know, it's like seeing fire for the first time and <laughs> understanding that, you know, it's pretty cool. It can do a lot for you. But if you touch it, yeah, it will burn. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> use it for greater purpose. So, yeah, your, your metaphors on upstream are always just like <laughs> beyond the point. Like they're so on it. Like we, we just need to capture this and bottle it and then sell it. We'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Maybe next stream. It's just crazy. We've been doing this six months, guys. I mean, it, it seems what? like it. It seems like it's been like two months, maybe. <laughs> wow. Right now, I, I I just like the fact that we've been doing it for that long is kind of and straight. Like we even when we miss yeah. a day where they are trying to fig, fill it in on a Wednesday or something, mm-hmm. we need to figure out a more static time frame so people can jump on. Maybe Obama wants to come on. I, I don't know if. <laughs> I don't know if his BlackBerry supports Flash. They would not <laughs> let him use Google Hangouts, I don't think. <laughs> we can get him on a secure, uh, secure link, don't worry. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what, we'll, we'll send him an invite. Uh, we'll set up a BBM meeting. There we go. Let's yeah. set it up. <laughs> so, no, uh, let's close. Let's talk about the BlackBerry Rio. This was a device that was teased over on N4BB. Lucas had been hit, hinting about it on his Twitter feed and as well did a, a post-up about it. Essentially, not much more information other than it is the code name for a device in its infancy, uh, a supposed high-end all-touch slated for 2015. Z50, maybe it's something else. What do you guys think this Rio device could be? Bring it. Bring <laughs> it. What, whatever it is I want. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. Berries. Right, right. I mean, do you think it's going to just be an upgrade for the Z30, or is it going to be the one that might have the keyboard that you can, like, roll out or whatever? Like, do you think it's going to be... Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, if they say it's a full, you know, the, the high-end full touch, then it's just a full touch. I can't see a keyboard with it. Then they, they would say it's a high another high-end... Uh, you know, quartery, you know, device, but it's, if they say it's a full touch, according to the rumors, and I don't want people to sit here, because I hate when, especially BlackBerry <laughs> consumers, when we get an itch, <laughs> take a fucking mile with it, like, <laughs> yo, this is, this is already being written about in the forums, yes. right? Now. Oh, my God, people are eating this alive, like, I had a couple of my friends, a couple of my friends are like, bro, did you hit, so what, what do you think about the the real? I'm like, I don't think anything of it. I thought the same shit about that Manitoba a couple months ago, and I got real excited for nothing. I, I yeah. honestly think, I honestly yeah. think the Rio is going to be a mid-range all-touch device like the oh. Z30, like the Z10. It's going to secede the, those two all-touch devices at the 5-inch form factor built by Foxconn. It's like following the same development schedule as the Z3 just for next year. Yeah, and I think that's really what it's going to be. It's just going to be a successor to the Z30. It's, it will, I think it will be the same in size. I think it will have boosted specs, you know, of course, better, you know, screen resolution. It could have a different build in terms of a uh, all stainless steel, which I would love to see, chassis and Gorilla Glass, and, you know, the, the works. I mean, I think that's essentially what it would be if we see a full touch. It will just be a successor to the Z30. Nothing more, nothing what- more. I don't think it will be quad-core. I'll put it that way. You don't think? I don't think. I don't think it's going to be a quad-core all-touch. I don't think it's going to be that kind of device. It's not a hero all-touch device. BlackBerry's not building those because no one's buying them. They're buying hero iPhone 6s and Samsung S. Did no one buy this, the Z30? Right, like how how big a launch was that for them? But they but that was so carriers. That was carriers. Like that wasn't black. That's what I'm saying. They they fucked themselves. Uh. If, if BlackBerry, I'm telling you, BlackBerry did the hero phone, 
and sold that shit like they've done the passport, that shit is going to do numbers. I, I, I just think the Hero phone is going to be something different, like a slider. It, it might be that's that spec'd that's up. That's, I don't yeah. think that's going to be the Hero phone, though, like a slider. I don't really think yeah. the slider is going to yeah. be. Because you got to look at it as BlackBerry 10 being so gesture-based of an OS. A full touch, there's nothing better than that of getting the BlackBerry 10 experience. Don't get me wrong, like the Passport is it, as a, it's its own device in its own right. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. It's like the mm -hmm. holy grail of, of BlackBerry. But a full touch device of BlackBerry 10 software is just, it's what, it, it's quintessentially what BlackBerry 10 is. It's all yeah. gestures. You know? And as I've always mm -hmm. said, I am a huge fan of the keyboard of the Passport. Passport, not putting none above it, but the virtual keyboard of BlackBerry 10 is one of one, and there's, I, I it's just hands down the best keyboard experiences you're gonna get. Like, true. yeah, like one of the yeah. best things I still love about BlackBerry 10 is that when I'm using my Z30 and I'm flicking the keys and, and chatting like that, it just it feels. It feels so good and natural to be able to put those words <laughs> yeah. in the face and, and message. You're about so to get quoted on that one, buddy. It just feels so good. <laughs> and, and natural. It, it's got to feel natural. Yeah, it's no organic. one likes that fake Everything shit. Everything's organic. With it's that, well, that's what I want to say about BlackBerry 10 and what they've done in terms of pretty much since the Z30 and all the software updates to the Passport and now with the Classic, everything's organic. You understand what I'm saying? Like It's, it's completely organic. It's nothing that they're trying to force. It's nothing that they're trying to change people to like and things of that nature. Like I don't feel like the passport is anything to change you to like because even when you start using the passport initially, like we'll we'll take you know Brandon Ford for 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 example, right? He's never used a passport. He's never seen one day in his life. He's never had it in his hand, right? He buys one. He's using it, and this is the experience that I have for the first ten minutes. I'm using the passport. I'm like, cool. I go back and I pick up my Z10 and I'm like, what the fuck? Because you organically, you you just it's it just settles with you that quick that you don't even realize what that device has done for you already. So, and 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 it's crazy, but when you have to look at a wider picture, it makes all of the difference in the world. It really does. And I mean, it'll take you. It's gonna take you a lot longer to get you know ac back acclimated to a Z10. Than it would to a passport or any other. I mean, you know, opposed to any other device. Like, it's just Absolutely. what they've done with everything so far is just an organic, uh, you know, experience and an organic feel. And you have to really <laughs> kind of tip your hats to to BlackBerry for that. So, uh, I'm really appreciative of what they've done so far. I don't wear hats, but I will like curl a bit of my fro toward BlackBerry on that one. <laughs> no, but uh, I honestly think that next year, beginning of next year, they are going to come out with some type of all-touch device. And then I think tease some kind of concept, new age device that we may see toward the latter end of 2015. Maybe along a refresh of one of their other devices like the Classic and or Passport. Uh, it definitely, I'm just excited about what they've got coming forward. We've got the Classic launch event on the 17th of next month. We're going to have some good coverage there. Let's talk very quickly. We'll wrap this up, before, you know, maybe a couple more minutes on this thing. We'll let Ronell get his little bit in. When we talk about BBM video and BBM meetings, what do you guys think is going to actually become of peer-to-peer -peer BBM video cross-platform? It's like right now I can do a meeting cross-platform, but I can't actually have a one-in-one -one conversation on video cross-platform. Do you think they're going to tie that into some kind of premium BBM feature set? You get retracted messages, you get videos, you get uh, timed messages as part of some premium BBM experience that also gives you some sort of access to BBM meetings. Well, what, do think, guys, what do you guys meeting, think? With meetings, I think you have to have it cross-platform right now, just a simple fact, because if you want to get the full potential of BBM meetings, that you know that feature itself, you know, if you had it just you know BBM or uh, BlackBerry to BlackBerry and so on and so forth, like it, it would suck. <laughs> Like I'm, the the whole point of it is is if I'm running a business and I know you know my counterparts and whoever I'm working with all use totally different devices, I need to be able to be cross platform with them. But as far as for you know regular regulars like us who work a nine to five every day, <laughs> you know if we want to pay for that service or if we want to get that feature, then I think essentially yeah I think you would end up having to pay 
to have those premium features. But we need to see BBM video just go cross platform before anything, to be honest with you. Like But what, I think I think they're gonna charge people for it. Yeah, I mean the people we've been asked only way it's gonna come about in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, people have been wondering what is BBM Premium going to be for consumer, and you know, Retract is cool, but I really have not used it much. I, I only used it to test it. As weird as that is, I've only used it to test it. I have not really used it, um, to okay, not Retract. Actually, like the time messages, I genuinely used Retract the other day because I just I totally messaged the wrong person, and it was nothing like private or personal. It was just like, hey, man. And I was like, oh, it's the wrong person, so I retracted. It's not like it saved my life or anything. I if otherwise I would have just been like, hey, sorry, but he probably sees retract and like, wait, what's going on? So it really didn't help that much. But in terms of what what will I pay a premium for? I think BBM meetings, just for the one-on-one -on -one cross platform, you know, right. video messaging, I think that could possibly be one of the things that would allow people to actually want to buy it. Like I would pay like two or three dollars, maybe five dollars a year if you give yeah. me that, you know? Yeah. Give me at least a one-on-one -on -one cross platform and maybe some kind of pay on additive to get full meetings. I, I, I just, it's interesting because right now they're at the 150 outright invoice when you get it for an enterprise or get it for your company and again you're charging the host. So if one of us buys it, all of us can use it. You could literally be like, James, set me up a BBM meeting real quick. You get a couple people on, I leave the call, and you can continue going on ahead with it. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. interesting overall. Uh, we apologize for Brandon. Roger's internet is not the best where he is. I think <laughs> he is literally like in the frozen tundra. <laughs> He's up there. Uh, but yeah, he, he dropped out here. Ronell, what was the point you wanted to bring up? Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll leave this on a note, and probably everybody's probably going to be like, whoa. But not that I know anything, but um, if we watch the IoT space pretty closely and things really do take off next year, um, you might see a partnership or, or a BlackBerry device, you say, but not a smartphone, but something else. Right, because that's what everybody's been talking about. Apple's trying to enter a new product market, and Samsung's already in IoT somewhat with their washers and dryers and everything. Yep. You're probably gonna see BlackBerry enter some type of new space next year, and it'll make people even rethink the company even more. I think they're banking on something like that next year, but that's Absolutely. something to look for. I, I definitely agree with you. Right. They have a an. A, competitive advantage to bringing embedded devices to market it really in a secure manner end to end like nobody else can so uh, we will close with that Ronella give people a, a lot to think about uh, I just want everyone to at least say what they do I, I'm James I'm, I'm the founder of berryflow.com we have Alex Darius and Ronell here as well Alex what do you do um, I actually founded the company Cyberbytes Inc we're a branding and web design company so pretty much uh, front-end developer, and I do some app development on the side. How long, how long have you been a BlackBerry user? Oh, boy. I think... I, th I, oh, I remember in high school, I was talking to my buddies about my new 9650. So I think I've been one for maybe seven years now. So pretty pretty long. I sold a lot of people on it throughout the days. <laughs> you're, you're definitely a conversionist. I'll give you yeah. that. Darius, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm active duty in the U.S. Army, um, and uh, you know I'm a BlackBerry user. I've probably been a BlackBerry user since 2000, 2008 is when I converted over. Before then, I just used like you know Windows Mobile devices. I remember I had the like uh, <laughs> was the HTC Tilt Tilt Two and all that. Yeah, I've been I even had the HTC Wing. Like with Sprint, like that big ass phone that I think of. But um, I've been using BlackBerry devices since 2008. I mean, I kind of started growing on them beforehand. I can't even lie. Like a friend of mine, he's been a long time BlackBerry user, like from the first Pearl all the way down. Now I think he still uses a Q10, but uh, and wow. it's been through hell. <laughs> but he's loyal, you know. He's a BlackBerry loyalist, and he's just he, he put me on, and I've been hooked ever since. And um, you know, love every minute of it. So. Yeah, I mean. Well, well, thank you for your service, Darius. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it.
Ronell, close it out here for us. Tell us a little bit about your background and how long you've been a BlackBerry user. Cool. Um, well, I'm a computer technician um, at Feed Shop. I'm also a BlackBerry rep for the Toronto region. Um, being a BlackBerry user for my first phone was the Pearl. Uh, I cannot remember. Probably over what, seven years I've been a BlackBerry user. So I had the first Pearl, and then um, I was in high school, grade nine at the time. Spent my first paycheck on it, oh. and uh, I couldn't upgrade. I didn't want it to go to the one with Wi-Fi. Couldn't afford it, so I jumped from a Pearl to 9700, <laughs> and then from there it was all hell broke loose. It was BlackBerry from then on. They start they start piling up. I know exactly how that goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know it is. <laughs> I appreciate, as always, having you guys on Upstream. We're six months in. Hopefully, we'll have another six months ahead of us. I appreciate having you guys on. You have a great rest of your night. All right. We the North. We the North, <laughs> says the guy in Florida. <laughs>